Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Something important, you know, we have been focusing on the anointing for a number of weeks now, um, and um, talking about the anointing. We need to understand that there's a process involved with the anointing. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is the supernatural equipment to get the job done. How many of you believe that God has a work for you to do? Amen. And you have to have the anointing, which is the supernatural equipping of the Holy Spirit, the divine empowerment, the sacred appointment, the divine grace to be able to accomplish the task that God has for you. Amen. And it's very interesting that because there's something really significant we can learn from the story of the very first time the word anointing is mentioned in the Bible in the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 30, I'm going to read from 22 to 25. In Exodus chapter 30, as God was preparing his people and step by step, he was instructing them to build a tabernacle and you know, to ordain the priests and to properly dress the priests and, you know, make all the different furnitures and the, the various things that go into the tabernacle and for the work of the ministry. As all these different things was established, one day he speaks to Moses, verse 22, moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh. Half as much sweet smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hin of olive oil. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. With it, you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting and the ark of the testimony, the table and all its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with it, with all its utensils and the laver and its base. And you shall consecrate them and they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be holy. That's very important. Whatever touches them must be holy. And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them and they may that they may minister to me as priests and you shall speak to the children of israel saying this shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations it shall not be poured on man's flesh nor shall you make any other like it according to its composition it's holy and it shall be holy to you whoever compounds anything like it whoever puts any of it on an outsider shall be cut off from his people. So as the instruction came for the making of this holy anointing oil, there are these five different ingredients that go into the holy anointing oil. But we need to understand that there are some principles here, and I want us to be able to see these principles. First of all, we know that oil is one of the types of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Amen. The, of the various symbols and types and shadows used for the Holy Spirit. Oil is one of them, one of the seven, but it is the most significant one 
when we come when we have to come to an understanding of the anointing since the anointing means itself by definition to rub or to smear oil amen so this is a holy anointing oil or holy oil to smear or rub as you can see put on things as you anoint them and then the instruction was everything to be used in ministry was to be anointed with this holy anointing oil the people and the various equipment amen these were natural equipment but the anointing would make them supernatural equipment these were natural people but the anointing would them would make them supernaturally equipped people to do god's ministry and this is to be a holy anointing oil holy meanings meaning consecrated only set apart for the purposes of the lord you can't use this for something else you can't just take it and cook with it or pour it on people or hey let me pour some in my house to make it smell good back then obviously it was so that people would understand that this was something very special and holy and you didn't just play around with it amen so that's the pr principle there you don't just play around with it and you don't just go around and just putting it anywhere amen it is only be to is it is only to be used for ministry purposes to do the work of the lord and then you look at the five different ingredients that come into this anointing oil as described in verses 22 through 25 the anointing oil was created from first of all you have myrrh and i say myrrh because that's the actual pronunciation myrrh myrrh pure myrrh 500 shekels which is about six kilograms of it this is actually comes from the arabic word which is it's the aromatic resin of a number of small thorny tree species uh, which is an essential oil termed an aloresin so it is basically the oil of a resin that comes from a tree it's a natural gum and it has been used throughout history as a perfume and incense or a medicine so it basically it's something that has a a sweet aroma to it okay it is a natural substance that comes from basically it's the resin of a number of different trees then secondly you have the sweet cinnamon 250 shekels about three kilograms we know that cinnamon is a spice it's obtained from the inner bark of several trees that is used both in sweet and savory foods so again it is another substance that comes from the bark of trees then you have this other thing um cane the hebrew is kane bosem 250 shekels about another three kilograms the identity of this actually has been a matter of debate uh the bible indicates that it was an aromatic cane or some kind of a grass so it's a cane like like substance another plant which was imported usually from a distant land by the way of the spice routes and then it's related to a plant that also that could be growing naturally in israel and then the fourth ingredient is cassia 500 shekels about six kilograms it's also called cinnamonium cassia which is called you sometimes chinese cassia or chinese cinnamon again it's an evergreen tree originating most likely in southern china and widely cultivated there and elsewhere in southern and eastern asia possibly india indonesia laos malaysia taiwan thailand vietnam so forth it is one of several species of cinnamon cinnamon uh, also primarily used for aromatic bark which is used as a spice so 
The buds are also used as a spice, especially today even in India, and was used in ancient Roman times. So here we have these four ingredients. They come from trees or plants. And then the final ingredient, olive oil, about a hin, which is about four to seven liters, depending on historical um, calculations. And we also know that this is an oil pr produced from pressing whole olives. Amen? Now, having read all of that, what does that mean? Let's look at the spiritual significance of this, okay? You have these various ingredients. The key ingredient here is the olive oil. How do you get olive oil? You get it from pressing, squeezing, and crushing olives. Amen? And as these olives are crushed, the blood, the juice comes out. And you have the oil. And then these different ingredients, all the different cinnamons and cane and spark. You have to crush and grind these to a fine powder in order to mix it with the oil. You see, they all have their own individual shapes and colors and so forth, but they have to be crushed, finely ground and crushed into a fine powder in order to be able to be mixed with this olive oil. And once you mix it into the oil, every one of those things, they lose their own identity and they become a mixture. And it is impossible for these natural things to be mixed into the oil unless they are finally crushed and lose their identity. And when they're finally crushed, they just release a, an aroma. So as you look at this anointing, because the anointing oil was not just simple olive oil. I mean, today you go to a lot of churches, you know, when they anoint people with oil and so forth, they will usually have a bottle of olive oil they probably bought at the store. And that's fine. I don't really, you know, care about that. To me, it doesn't matter. It's just a point of contact. You know, I, we don't have to make this exact anointing oil because that was the Old Testament. The New Testament, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he said that the same anointing that I have received, I'll pass on to you. You have this anointing or unction from the Holy One and you know all things. And this anointing that you have received abides in you. So it's an anointing that's on the inside, not necessarily on the outside. Amen. So it is the Holy Spirit empowering you on the inside. But in order for you and the Holy Spirit to mix, in order for you to be anointed, there is a process. And the process involves a crushing. The process involves a crushing where you are crushed to become fine powder. Where everything natural about you has to disappear and be crushed in order for the anointing or uh, to be mixed into you, or for you to be mixed into the oil of the Spirit. So there is a process with the anointing. And there's a process in your life. And I often talk about the process. We are all going through a process. And the process is not always easy. The process is not always fun. When your flesh is being crucified, when the Lord is dealing with attitudes, you know, even as Pastor Galva was preaching a few minutes ago, he was talking about attitudes. Maybe you were sitting there kind of squirming in your seat because he was meddling in your business. He was meddling in your, some of the hard attitudes and 
And then the Holy Ghost was there dealing with you about making some adjustments and dealing with some stuff. Hey, that's got to go and this has got to go and that's got to change. And, and that's the process where you're being crushed. If you don't go through that crushing, if you don't go through that death, if you don't go through the finally being ground and in the crucibles of life, amen? You know, ministry is not formed in Bible school. The foundation may be laid in Bible school if you really give yourself to it, but we always even tell the students, the Bible school is not just coming and sitting in class and getting all the head knowledge, and you are going to get some knowledge. There is biblical knowledge you need to attain. But the real process in the Bible school for the two years is when you're going through all this stuff, when you're going through in the ministry of helps and then you have to work in teams and you might have to work with somebody you don't really like. And you come to your coordinator and say, I don't want to be on that team because I don't really like her. Don't ever say that because they're going to keep you on that team until you like her. Because you have to be crushed to be mixed with that other person. If you are the cinnamon and the other one is the cassia, you're going to have to be, both of you finally crushed to mix together. Because there is no anointing without unity. You can't expect to be anointed and not like people and don't want to work with people. There's some people that they're, they're so anointed, they can't even touch anybody. They won't even mix with people. There are ministers, they don't even talk to anybody because they're, they don't want their anointing to be disturbed. I don't want that kind of anointing. You got to be normal and anointed. Anointed doesn't mean you're like some spooky, weird person that like lives like a recluse in a monastery or some cave and just comes out to preach and then goes back to the cave. I mean, give me a break. You can be a father. You can be a husband. You can be anointed. You can be normal. You can actually play with your kids. You can actually go hang out and with your friends and have a cup of coffee and still be anointed. I stay anointed. I don't have to come here and pray for three, four hours. I don't have to come here at four o'clock in the morning and pray when nobody's here to get anointed and get ready for the service. I wake up and I'm ready for the service. While I'm brushing my teeth, I'm getting ready for the service. While I'm putting on my suit, I'm getting ready for the service because I'm always ready. You wake me up at three o'clock in the morning, turn on the lights, I'm ready to preach. It'll come out of me. Amen. It'll come out of my pores. Because it's in me. Amen. Amen. So you have to be crushed. Those attitudes and the things of the flesh have to be dealt with for you, for the anointing to mix into your life and for you to mix into the anointing, the Holy Spirit. Because you can't have your identity. You cannot keep your own identity and be mixed and integrated with the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to die to self. So Christ or the anointing can live in you. And live through you. And the life that you now live, you live by faith in the Son of God because He's the one who died for you and gave His life for you. And you no longer belong to yourself. You've been purchased with a price. I'm talking to one of the Bible school students. She says, you know, my relationships are my business. No, actually, they're not. They're my business. I'll stick my nose in your business. You're a student. You signed on the dotted line. You went through the orientation. We told you every relationship with the opposite sex that you have to report it to the Bible school. Why do I have to report it to the Bible school? So that all that pride and rebellion in you can be, can, be, can be crushed. You know, you have to be accountable. You have to learn accountability. And there are many, many, many other things you go through. Some of you, you're going to go to work tomorrow and you're going to be crushed. Just on the way to work, 
you're going to be getting crushed in traffic and whatever else you have to deal with. And Amen. Some of you are going to go to school tomorrow. There's going to be some crushing. Amen. Come on. Is there anybody here today? Nobody wants to be crushed. I know. Everybody wants to be anointed, but nobody wants to be crushed. Paul said, Paul said, Amen. I'm persecuted, but not, not abandoned. I'm crushed, but not destroyed. You have, you're crushed, but you will not be destroyed. When you crush, the anointing will come out of you. When you squeeze, when you press, the anointing will be released in your life. People want to be anointing, anointed. They want to have great miracle ministry and signs and wonders, but they never want to be crushed. They want everything to be comfortably done. They want everything to be comfortable. I want to see people raised from the dead. Well, what if God sends you to some God-forsaken place where everybody's going to hate you, and you're going to have to sleep on the dirt floor and eat who knows what, but you're going to see somebody raised from the dead. Are you even willing to do that? Or do you want somebody raised from the dead on your own schedule? Uh, Lord, it's okay for me. I can do it on Friday at 5 o'clock. That's when it's a really good time for me. It's going to be at the most inconvenient time where it's absolutely the most inconvenient for your flesh. And obedience is going to require sacrifice and a crushing. You're going to have to be finely ground and crushed into powder if you really want the anointing and the sweet aroma of the Spirit to come out of your pores. Amen? Amen. Because the flesh is always going to be a hindrance to the work of the Spirit because the flesh fights against the Spirit. You can't have the flesh and the Spirit mixed together. That's like oil and water. If you notice, there is no water in the anointing oil because it's not going to mix. You can't mix oil and water. You can't mix flesh and spirit. The flesh has to be destroyed, crushed, finely ground, pulverized in the crucibles of life. Because ministry is built, life is built when you go through all the different pressures and the adversity. Amen. Because this is not a popular message. People don't want to, modern day preachers don't want to preach about adversity and pressures of life. They want to preach about being politically correct and comfortable and let's just accept everybody. Let's just, there's grace. Let's just let anything happens, happens. There's grace for everyone. We'll even ordain homosexuals to be pastors. I mean, that's what they will say. That's the modern day church for you right there. Nobody wants to talk about adversity. Nobody wants to talk about going through trials and tribulations. But the Bible has a lot to say about trials and tribulations. The Bible says rejoice when you go through those fiery trials. Rejoice when you are crushed. Your character is being built. Your faith is tested and it's going to grow stronger. And the anointing in your life is going to increase. If you, allow, if you will allow the grace of the Lord to strengthen you and to sustain you. When you have learned. Amen. Paul said my, my, my flesh can't take this anymore. I mean his flesh was being buffeted. There was a thorn in his flesh. Everywhere he went, he was being persecuted. I mean, they stoned him and left him for dead. He probably did die. Some scholars believe that he died and went to the third heavens. That's why he's saying that I know a man, whether in the body or outside of the body, went to the third heavens and all these great visions. Yeah, everybody wants to have the great visions and the prophecies, but then when they want to be, you know, go through the stoning and the shipwrecks and the persecution, nobody wants to go through that. Everybody wants the prosperity, but nobody's willing to pay the price and work hard for it. So there is a process. The anointing is a process. There is a process in making this anointing oil. And there is a process of releasing the anointing in your life. 
You are in a process. So rejoice when you go through these trials. Amen. Your faith is being strengthened. Amen. Rejoice when you're being crushed. Rejoice when you're persecuted. Amen. Paul had the thorn in the flesh and he cried out to the Lord. Take it away from me. Three times he said, I cried out to the Lord. Remove this from me. Let me have an easier ministry. They're trying to kill me everywhere I go. They write things about me. They, they, I mean, they, they want to drag me into the city center and beat me and put shackles on me and prison, put me in prison. And they want to, they're trying to kill me. They're trying to discredit me. I mean, come on, please, Lord, give me a break. Let me just have a, a, at least a couple of years of easier ministry. And the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, in your crushing, you are strong because the anointing is released. That's when the anointing is released in your crushing. So those that seek a comfortable life will never really see the anointing in their lives. So many preachers, it's all about job security and comfort. They just want to drive the nice cars, live in the nice homes, and just have everybody serve them and just be comfortable. Live like kings. And that, that is not the ministry I see in the Bible. That is not what Jesus went through. He went to Gethsemane, which means the oil press. He went to Gethsemane, the oil press, and he cried out to the Father. He says, Father, if it is possible, let this bitter cup pass from me. He was about to drink death. He was staring death in the face. But he knew that it was not possible. And then he submitted. He bowed his knees. And he said, Father, not my will, but let your will be done. Even if your will is me going through this pain, this crushing, this pressing. But in Gethsemane, Jesus was pressed, crushed. And the Bible says the Lord sent angels to strengthen him. And with the strength, with the grace, really supernaturally, by the anointing, Jesus was anointed and strengthened by the Holy Spirit to go to the cross. You can't go to the cross in the natural there's no way anyone can go to the cross in the natural. It is by the anointing. Even his death was by the anointing. Just like his resurrection was by the anointing. His death was by the anointing. So he went to Gethsemane. He was crushed. And that's when he first shed his blood. See, if he had not been crushed, Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the shame of the cross. What is the joy? You you are the joy. You are his trophy. The joy is that you can be anointed with the oil of joy today. You can be empowered by the spirit today. He had to be crushed so that the anointing can be released into your life. Blood flowed as he was crushed through the whole process. Remember, the drops of blood came flowing out of his skin in the garden of Gethsemane because he was being crushed and he was being pressed and the fullness of his life was squeezed out from him. That's why the anointing can flow from the cross. If Jesus had taken the easy way out, there would be no release of the anointing. Jesus didn't choose the easy way. The easy way would be let this bitter cup pass from me, but he knew that's not the way that the anointing is going to come and be released on the earth that's not going to release the holy spirit on the day of pentecost where god will be able to pour out his spirit upon all flesh 
flesh has to be crushed. And he knew that he had to die in the flesh, take our place. And so he was willing to drink from the bitter cup so that the anointing could be released as a result of him being crushed. And Jesus shed his blood seven times. That's why the power of the cross to save, heal, set free, and impart abundant life is available to empower all. The high priest was instructed to take the blood of the sacrifice on the day of atonement and go sprinkle it seven times on the Ark of the Covenant. And Jesus sprinkled his blood seven times on the way to his final breath on the cross. The first time was in Gethsemane. When Jesus won back our willpower, because we lost our willpower. The moment we bowed our knee to the devil, Adam bowed his knee to the devil, we lost our will. We became slaves. Jesus won back our willpower. Amen. Then he was whipped. Took 39 lashes, the stripes on his back. It's the second time he shed his blood. That was for our healing. He won back our health, breaking the curse of sickness and disease. Amen. The curse of sickness and disease has been broken. With every stripe, more blood flowed out. He took the pain. His, his body was crushed. His body was beaten and bruised. But as the blood was released, so is the healing anointing is released. The anointing to restore is released. Then thirdly, Jesus took the crown of thorns on his head. To win back our prosperity, the crown of thorns represents poverty. Breaking the curse of poverty and lack. As he took the crown of thorns and they pressed it into his head, blood flowed. Prosperity, abundant life and blessing and provision. Breakthrough was released for your life. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then fourth, Jesus' hands were pierced. As the nails went through his hands and blood flowed, he won back our dominion over things that we touch so that everything we touch is blessed because God had given them the promise. Whatever you lay your hands to will, shall be blessed. I will bless the work of your hands. Show me your hands. The Lord says, I will bless the work of your hands. Jesus, Jesus restored dominion back to your hands. That's why you can take up Pick up serpents and scorpions. You have dominion over demonic things. Your hands have dominion. Whatever you touch, whatever you touch is blessed. Whatever you touch shall prosper. He will bless the work of your hands. You will not work in, in vain. When you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. When you lift up your hands to worship him, victory flows out of you. Breakthrough flows out of you. When you lift up your hands and declare and speak the word and bless him and thank him. Hallelujah. Breakthrough is released in your life because you have dominion. Dominion has been restored back to your hands. Then the fifth place, Jesus shed his blood. As the, 
as his feet were pierced, as those nails went through his feet, he won back dominion over the places we walk. Just like the Lord said to Joshua, wherever you step foot upon, I shall give it to you. You shall have dominion. You shall have dominion. So now you can walk in dominion. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We walk in dominion over the earth realm and the resources. Break the curse over the earth where we walk. The earth is cursed. But wherever you walk is blessed. Because you're blessed going in. You're blessed coming out. Hallelujah. You are standing on holy ground. That's very significant. When the Lord spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, he said, take off thy sandals because you stand on holy ground. That place was holy because of the fire, the anointing of God. But now that same fire and anointing is on you. So wherever you stand is holy ground. So you can go to the most cursed place on the planet. When you stand there, the blessing is released. The blessing is released in that place. Because the blessing is on you, not on the ground. When you stand on the ground, blessing is released through your dominion. Because your feet touch the ground and it is yours. Hallelujah. The sixth place that Jesus shed his blood, his side was pierced. His heart was pierced. That's to restore our joy. He binds the brokenhearted and heals the wounded soul. Whatever healing you need on the inside, healing of your emotions, healing of your soul, all of that is available because he took that, that thing went deep in to the core of his heart. And his heart was pierced and the blood flowed and the anointing is released to bring restoration to your soul. He restores my soul. Come on, lift your hands and just say, thank you, Lord. You restore my soul. You restore the joy of my salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is in me. Peace. Joy in the Holy Ghost. There's no need for you to walk through life crippled by the past, the trauma of the past, the experiences of the past. There's no need for you to walk through life with insecurities and hurts and pains and the shame and the guilt and the junk, the baggage that you carry because of what happened in your past because Jesus released healing to restore you completely, not just your physical body, but your whole being. Amen. So you receive restoration for your soul. Amen. So the blood of Jesus today, as you drink from the cup, remember that the anointing is released because he was crushed. He was pierced on his side for that blood. So when you're drinking from the cup, remember of the blood that was poured out of his side. That is for the anointing to be released to restore your soul. Amen. And the final place. Bible talks about he was bruised. He was bruised. That's like an internal bleeding. You know what a bruise is when the blood is under the skin. So there was also this internal bleeding in him. Amen. Internal bleeding. So he won our deliverance from all the inner hurts and the iniquities, the hidden sins that no one even sees, the things that are in there that no one even sees or knows that keep messing your life up. 
He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was laid upon him. You don't have to be bound by any fears. You don't have to be bound by worry, guilt, or shame. You don't have to be bound by the hidden sins of the heart, the lusts, the things that no one even knows that are there. You can be totally free because the anointing was released as he was bruised for you to be totally delivered from every iniquity, every inner sin that can hinder your life, the inner struggles. People struggle with all kinds of things. All that can be broken by the power of the blood of Jesus because as that blood was released, so was the anointing in the crushing. The process. Everyone say the process. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.